Well, good afternoon and happy podcasting day. This is Rachel Vote. This is a good girl's guide too. And I don't think I put the link tree in the bio, but I'm pretty sure that if you're tuning in, you probably know how to find me. And if you don't, Facebook Messenger is the easiest, but I will try to remember a link tree connection. So uh, that you can, if you are looking for a free place to learn about sexual wellness and intimacy building, where you got to be 18 years or older and identify as feminine energy, make sure to let me know. A fantastic VIP uh, page that is 100% free in uh, the world of Facebook. It's great. It continues to evolve. It continues to grow life. It's something I'm incredibly proud of. Um, and I have zero qualms about the fact that Facebook may be an entity that is not quite the most popular. That that group just keeps on going and going. So massive shout out to the VIP lounge. Y'all give me life. And I love it. So that's one of the biggest things I wanted to plug uh, for connection purposes. But of course, one-to-one -one sessions um, are still the, the thing. The thing that people are doing so that you can really focus on yourself if you were looking for uh, ways to fall in love or jumpstart your personal development. But the uh, podcast is probably the most random of all of the things. TikTok's pretty uniform in terms of what you'll see of content over there. Uh, free stuff every Monday on my Facebook page. And then, of course, the, the content that's always dropping in the, the VIP lounge, which is primarily about sexual wellness and intimacy. But all of the other platforms you're going to find, um, you know, information about all areas of your life since they're so connected and the like I've been rolling around in my head with the podcast like for some time well I mean just like the last couple of weeks maybe weeks or months where I'm like do I even do the podcast anymore is it like I mean it's not like it's it's a smaller audience uh which is okay like that that part doesn't bother me whatsoever uh I had heard somewhere that you should do if you're gonna do a podcast specifically, I think they said just to do like 100 episodes because then you kind of really not only kind of get a feel of about whether it was something you wanted to do, but you're, you'd really start to build your niche and your um, audience would start to really understand what your thing is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I'm almost to 100 podcasts. So I'm like, number one, I should keep it going for that reason because of the commitment just to see what happens at 100. Number two, uh, my podcast has already shifted because I started as a solo person and then I started, then I, then I added in a co-host and the co-host retired and now I've been solo for a while with um, people who came, you know, onto the podcast and I'm contemplating adding a host back. So it's just like, it feels like I really haven't probably uh, streamlined my niche considering how much it's changed and all of that garbly gook uh, about whether or not I, I was thinking about continuing to do it is because the podcast is probably, as I've said before, one of the most cathartic things that I do out of all my platforms because it is just me in a room unloading. And sometimes that is like the exact thing that I needed. And sometimes I just fall, feel like it probably falls on deaf ears, which is not a shame against my audience whatsoever. It's just because it wasn't for you and that's okay. It wasn't necessarily needed to be for you. And that's why I just like sometimes like I feel like I'm just like being selfish by just wasting airspace and you know, recorded data time by talking into my phone so I can uh, work out my own shit since I'm not currently going to talk therapy, but I digress. So I'm hoping all of that was really uh, just kind of a permission to tell you that what I want to talk about today is something that I just hope resonates with you. And I hope it'll generate some conversation, whether it's with yourself through meditation with a, a partner, especially what do you want to reach out to me and have this conversation? Because I'm not talking to anybody about it very much. Like, it's hard. It's hard, but um, actually, I should take that back. Because I just the reason I decided to do the podcast, that was Oscar shaking his head, uh, is because I ended up having a conversation with somebody very close to me not too long ago about this. And so I kind of just wanted to delve a little bit deeper into it. So 
which me am I meant to be? Okay, so you'll probably potentially struggle with this at some point in your life, especially if you are in personal development, because obviously, you're going to start to shake your reality up. And more than likely, while it feels like you're, you're if you're doing it right, which there's really no wrong, to do, wrong way to do personal development, but I just find that sometimes people fall off the path or they pump the brakes. And that's a thing. That's a thing. You can absolutely stall and stagnate in your personal development. So be aware of that, right? But as you're working through it, you'll start to feel potentially as I mean, at least this is my experience is that when you start to feel your best, like it just, it feels like you were always meant to feel that way. Like you don't feel like you're faking it. You don't feel like you're forcing it. You don't feel like you're living somebody else's life. You don't feel like you're, you got to push or pull anything to maintain what you're doing. It just feels like all of the stuff is like potentially that you're relearning it, but it's because you already always knew it to begin with. Okay, so this isn't just like, you know, move your body more and eat less calories and you'll lose weight kind of knowledge. Like this is like foundational knowledge that when you hear something like, um, I'm just going to give you a kind of a totally off the wall example. Like when I heard uh, it explained properly to me that the um, crucifixion of Christ wasn't about anything other than the fact that God, God, Jesus was able to forgive the people that crucified him. And I know that might like, especially if you're in religion, you might like, duh. Uh, for those of you who are not very religious, maybe you connect with that a little bit because to me, like that was part of the problem I had with religion was like all of the violence and all of the power and all of the force and all of the complete opposite thing that religion really was supposed to speak to you about. And then when I heard that message is that it was about being able to transcend the feelings of being nailed to a cross it's about the forgiveness i was like holy crap like it was truth bumps because it was like well that makes sense that makes sense about what spirituality about what religion about a higher power about christ consciousness about how you should see your brother and understand that they don't know what they do like you know like that kind of thing so when you start to go through personal development and that's just one one example by the way as you are steadily in your personal development spiritual growth you're going to get your truth bumps all the time and it's going to become second nature to you to where you don't question it anymore you don't really go like it's not like ethereal like wow like oh wow like i mean it's always going to feel amazing and you're always going to have revelations but it just becomes less like surprising is the word it's never becomes le any less special it just becomes less surprising because you start to like nod along now when you hear it like yep 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 i knew that all along yep 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 that just validates the journey i'm on so um i digress okay so when it comes to um you know discovering who you are again or being shown who you are so that you can authentically live within that it's it's crazy because you'll probably come along something in your own life in this regard where all of a sudden it things aren't going to make as much sense to you or you're going to feel like you sacrificed or you're going to feel like you're going to have to sacrifice or people are around you are going to question whether you're the same person uh i mean all of these things will go through your head and it will be different for everything but the reason i'm saying this is because you will probably come to a crossroads in your life where you're going to have to make a decision about how you're actually ultimately living whether it's about a career choice uh, a relationship a financial decision you're probably going to have to make a decision because your path is telling you you have to like obviously if you're working towards a better self there's probably something that's going on in your daily habits in, in your work uh in your financial situation that are not up to par that's why we're looking at increasing that right we're, we're looking at bettering that 
So the reason I tell you that is because, you know, uh, that's what I have kind of been going through in my most recent existential crisis, I believe, is I believe that every time that I start to go through one of these, which is like it started the worst of the worst, quote unquote, was when I had my quarter life crisis in approximately 2018, um, as I like to refer to it. That's 2018. Rachel is like before I was aware. OK, before I was aware, I was asleep. OK, so I was just going through life on autopilot kind of thing. OK, uh, so I start to sit down and kind of compare, quote unquote, myself to that time frame versus who I am today today. And that's important because even though, um, you know, I had the quarter life crisis in 2018, you know, like one of the biggest takeaways that I tell people from having one of those types of situations is to understand that like once you go through it, especially if it's successful, it does not negate the fact that you will probably go through tough times again, more than likely. Uh, and almost guaranteedly, <laughs> I just made that up. You will. You will. It does not mean like when you become a good person that all of a sudden um, everybody around you never dies or everybody around you never gets sick, including yourself, that everybody around you doesn't go through a financial crisis, that everybody around you isn't exposed to a pandemic, right? So you cannot control what everybody out there is uh, creating in their own manifest manifestal space. I just made that up too. Uh, but you can control what you're focusing on. So when you have to understand that you are co-creating with other people, that kind of lets you off the hook in terms of that pressure of, well, why isn't it a hunky-dory perfect world because it's just not going to be there's just too many other people co-creating out there right so um after you go through a big major shakeup, if you navigate it appropriately uh great because you're using the tools to be able to survive that and survive it faster and survive it better and um authentically uh, authentically i still said it wrong the second time man you could start a new like type of a shot every time rachel's adhd brain starts spitting out words faster than she can actually process them okay but what i was trying to say is that uh, even if you are able to survive, which you should, your quarter life crisis, your midlife crisis, because that's the whole point is if you do not survive it, um, it's not that you'll die. Okay. <laughs> Some people can obviously, depending on the situation, but more than likely what tends to happen to people is that if you do not learn the lesson because you're not actively choosing to process and use your tools uh, and overcome it and then bank it for the next time a similar situation happens, you're just going to be forced quote unquote to relearn the lesson. It won't show up, show up identically. It'll show up uh, in another partner cheating on you in the same old, same old. It'll show up in another unexpected bill, same old, same old in terms of finances and managing your money. So just be aware of that. You know, that's one thing. But my whole point was is that is once you finally at some point navigate through a catastrophe fairly well or at least being able to learn the lesson and I, the lesson is not always a bad thing by the way sometimes it's to prove to you how resilient you were all along and you didn't know it sometimes it's to prove to you how better off you are being alone and you didn't know it so just understand that the lesson is not always a bad thing okay but once you learn that lesson from a major life event when the littler stuff starts to happen i have to call those earthquakes 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 okay they're they're not quite as large on the richter scale as your midlife crisis and your quarter life crisis uh, these are these they're still considered a probably a major life event so uh for myself you know as i am learning to process these you know like this is like i had said this is one of those particular situations that i'm kind of um I'm not, I don't want to say I'm like hyper-focused on it, but I definitely feel like it's taking a lot of my mental energy. So, I mean, it's a lesson I need to be working through, right? I haven't learned the lesson. Otherwise, it wouldn't be distracting me constantly. And so here's where I'm going to go with this, okay? So although 2018 Rachel is somebody who gained a lot of tools and survived and navigated through a really tough time in, um, in my life when it was a quarter-life crisis, 
I'm gonna actually take this back to like 2013-ish era. So this was uh, the, the the most important part of this part of my life is that this is when I was still working in corporate America. This was right around the same time that I started Pure Romance. Um, but I mean, yes, those are connected, but that's actually not really the bulk of the conversation, I guess, is where I was gonna go with that. But um, in that time, so like in 2018, even though I had kind of figured, I started to become more aware at that time, I was still pretty overweight. I was definitely unhealthy, uh, but that would be the term I would definitely exclusively use is that I was pretty unaware. So I had really unhealthy relationships with men, by the way, is a really important add on to that. But in 2013-ish would have been when I was uh, in my first real big girl job, like a real corporate America job that had benefits, had 401k matching, had discounts and stuff like that. It was a great job. It was a great job um, for the circumstances and my time of life, season of life, that kind of thing. Um, paid time off less. And I also had less financial responsibility, which is an important note to make here. Um, because I was like 22, 23, probably like more like 23 ish when I got this job. Okay. And so um, I wanted to say this phrase, and I'm gonna probably come back to it. But you know, when I was at that age, I had a lot of money. I had a lot of money because I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. I didn't have a lot of uh, financial commitments. Um, I didn't have a mortgage. I, I think I had a really affordable car payment. I didn't have any consumer debt yet. Um, although I had my son, it was just the two of us and we had really affordable housing and so on and so forth. So uh, I really had disposable income at a very young age without any financial literacy. So that's important to the story because although I didn't really, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I, I mean, I did rack up consumer debt when I actually had a really good paying job again, cause I didn't have any financial literacy, but this is not that point of the story. The point of this portion of the story is that when I was working in corporate America, um, you know, I had the ability to buy things and I did buy things like a lot of stuff. Like I, at that time was not getting myself into trouble financially, but I definitely was never saving any money. So, you know, you get a paycheck and uh, at that time was uh, also when I was in the split family household situation said recently broke up with my ex Well, I'm back and forth and back and forth. But um, so I didn't have my son every other weekend. So I was living with my girlfriends in my early twenties with super affordable uh, lifestyle, right? So we were definitely a Midwest type of uh, group who would go out drinking and go out to the lake and so on and so forth. Um, I was also buying a lot of clothing at that time. I was a plus size girl and that was one thing that I had a lot of control over was my hair and my clothing. So uh, I always, always like to shop for sure. Uh, eating out was probably one of the biggest treats for myself for a number of different reasons, but I really want you to equate this to something that you were doing. So maybe it's not even about, you know, um, spending a lot of money, but maybe it is. And maybe you do that on your hair or your nails or your makeup, or um, if you know somebody who spends a lot of money on tools or cars, it's all the same, right? It, maybe it's also just home decor. Like how many of you know somebody that literally changes the inside of their house every season for crying out loud, which is totally cool, but it's a thing, right? Because if you're swiping your Amazon card or you're buying your kids lots of stuff, even if it's clothing or furniture or gadgets or whatever, these are all vices, right? These are all vices. They have nothing to do with the overall life experience. It's just, it's literally something to pass the time with, okay? And that's important. It's important because um, when I say this phrase, you know, this is not something I had heard for a very, I mean, it's recently, like within the last couple of months, but I've been trying to take it to heart so seriously. And it is that you can have it all, but you can't have it all right now. And, you know, some people would argue with that. And I, I would say, yes, okay, like if you're taking the phrase quite literally, of course you can have it all. You can have all the money. You can have the perfect relationship. You can have a great relationship with your children. But I guarantee you something is suffering. And if at the end of the day, you theoretically have all the money that you want, 
Um, all, and I don't know. So let's, let, let me, let me put a pin in that because what I'm going to say is if you have all the things you want and desire in comparison to what the external Western culture world would expect you to have. So like I'm saying, like if you were to say in this instance, you had all the money you wanted, which in a Western culture um, acceptance of success when it comes to finances, you probably are banking. You got lots of money in the bank. You have lots of disposable income each month. Um, you're able to do whatever you want when it comes to spending money. Like that's, that's what I want you to envision with this. So maybe you have that. Maybe you have the perfect relationship where you and your partner sit down weekly and you discuss exactly what your intention is for the week for each other how you're going to make sure that at least one of those nights is in in staying in for date night uh one of you is cooking these these nights the other one's whatever okay and then you, you line up your children and then you see where they're going to be all week and how you can best support them and what they're going okay cool 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 and then you make sure that you're uh set up with your reiki specialist and your um your talk therapist therapist and your life coach and your uh who else uh whoever's training you at the gym right so you've done all that so now you've covered your relationships your wealth your mental and physical well-being um so then you're going to church and you're meditating every day so you're covering your spirituality right and then your purpose like you're going to work every day doing what you love okay so it sounds like the perfect life but ultimately if all of those areas of your world including like a community aspect like maybe going to the the gym is one of them but like maybe going to your church or giving back or volunteering or whatever if all of those areas are seriously filled every single day every single week whatever you are 100% I mean look at it you've got to be you've got to be sacrificing something whether it's some of your sleep because you have to stay up and um, you know put in my dog is eating a leaf extra time into these commitments that you've made uh, maybe it's that you are literally giving some of your time away that you didn't want to maybe you love your church but you didn't really want to direct the Christmas play maybe you love your gym but you only want to go when you want to go and you don't want to show up three to five uh, days a week you know committing to a class any of these things can be true and I would guarantee you that especially for females that's probably where you are sacrificing you're probably showing up to doing stuff that you don't really want to do. You kind of want to do it. Maybe you want to do it, but you don't want to commit 100%. But you have to say yes, or you feel like you have to say yes because of a level of acceptance. Maybe you want to be in that crowd. Uh, maybe you just feel obligated because it's family members, and that's just always how you feel. Uh, maybe it's work, and it's also an obligation financially or whatever the case may be. I guarantee you, is it exactly how you want to spend your day? Are you really passionate or feeling fulfilled? Are you given some time to... Make sure that you're devoting out for self-care each week. I guarantee you, like if you sat down and really thought about it, okay? And the reason I tell you that is because it was something that I had to do. I didn't know it, but it was something that I needed to do. It was something that I absolutely needed to do, okay? Hold on. Sorry, I got an important text message from my husband regarding my son and his girlfriend and I just was like oh man I got a better handle on this okay so anyway uh so we're having this conversation right and you definitely need to be evaluating exactly like taking taking inventory taking inventory on what's important to you but most importantly is it really important to you are you ultimately making a list that you think is going to make your partner the happiest or your boss the happiest or your pastor the happiest like get real with it and I would I'm oh my gosh like it's, it's not necessarily in my opinion a task that you're gonna be able to accomplish today because even if you start to write down that I, I bet you start with your to-do list I bet you start with your to-do list or your even your desire to-do list and when you look at the desire to-do list I really want you to ask yourself it's like at the end of the day if you were able to accomplish those things 
Is it really you that is happiest? Do you feel happiest that you did what you did? Or is it that all of a sudden you know that your partner would be happy that you cleaned the house? Do you know that your pastor would be happy because you cooked all those cookies? Do you, do you think that the PTA moms would be super impressed? Because that's so important because I guarantee you a lot of the motivation about the things that you wanting to do may not be your own motivation. And you got to You got to get real clear about that. Okay. But it's not going to happen tomorrow. All right. Like this is an evolutionary process that you have to make sure that you're very graceful and forgiving to yourself because you have been conditioned to do it the way I just described. Okay. So why is that important? Okay. Because like I said, back then I had quite a bit of money and I um, had job security and I didn't have to think about going to the doctor. I could just schedule an appointment and it was going to be a done deal. And it was probably going to be incredibly affordable. And I was on uh, track to saving for retirement and being really, really matched within my company and so on and so forth. Uh, but but I didn't have any time. I didn't have any time. Like I, this is this was tricky because in the position or the job that I was working in, you had a variety of different shifts. So theoretically, you could kind of really make this job work for you. Like if you were uh, an early bird person, you could just go to work and get it done. Of course, if you were uh, kind of a middle of the road or regular nine to fiver, you could get that done. And I thrived in a two to eleven shift or eleven thirty nine or whatever, eleven thirty eight, something like that, because um, I was not a morning person. I was not a morning person. I didn't want to get up early. Uh, so it kind of like fell into my life it wasn't necessarily something I was looking for but when when it came with the uh, right amount of or not the right amount of hours but the right type of hours and then the, you added the pay it was it was like okay okay it was like a double dose of dessert I think okay uh, but the reason that this is so important is because I, I kind of had blinders onto that thinking that because I was working the hours I wanted to work like it was all hunky-dory but it was actually my big girl corporate job that started to plant the seeds for me that I really wasn't getting everything that I wanted. And I'm going to disclaimer this because I don't recommend this. I don't recommend going down the path that I did. I, it, I had a manager tell me at a very young age, once my very first job that I never thought the rules applied to me. And I, that I didn't get that until like I was an adult because I didn't really understand or believe her, but she was right. And everybody should really, in my idea, have that mentality. Are there things that we should, we need to follow in terms of protocol for safety and other people's health and so on and so forth? 1000%. But in this regard, like she was upset with me because I was making a phone call, um, and I wasn't like clocked out or I wasn't on break. So this wasn't like I was just like, you know, not cleaning the dishes right or preparing the food properly properly because I was working in a restaurant at the time. It was literally because I was making a phone call when we theoretically weren't supposed to be making phone calls. So let's get one thing straight. You know, obviously there's a time and place for those types of things. But she was right. Um, in, in retrospect, every big girl job I've ever had. I found a way to bend the rules. I found a way to make it work for me. Um, but you have to understand and hear my heart that I didn't understand um, that this was not really, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I just didn't understand that it was manipulative, realistically. I didn't know. I thought like, I just was like, if everybody was smart, they would cheat the system the same way that I am too, because then you can really work when you want to work, how you want to work, maybe, you know, whatever. But that's another story for another day. My point was, is that it was my big girl job that really pointed this out for me because FMLA, if you've never heard of family medical leave, um, FMLA, I don't know what the, I don't remember what the family medical leave, I don't know, arrangement maybe. Okay. FML, maybe, I don't know. It doesn't matter. So it was basically a workplace arrangement that you could make, um, for a myriad of different reasons. You could, you could literally like, it could be something to do with like maybe, um, an autoimmune disease. It could be something that was just like a chronic illness that you suffered from. So this was like 
interesting to me because uh, ironically at the time I had recently been diagnosed with IBS <laughs> and um, I also had had the lap band surgery that I've talked about on some podcasts before or in any of my social media platforms that did not work for me. And those two were counterintuitive because when you have had the lap band surgery, you're supposed to have a high fiber diet. And then when you have IBS, you're not supposed to have high fiber because if you're not, if you're not aware, IBS is irritable bowel syndrome. So definitely um, what it tends to do is irritate your bowels so that generally depending on what you eat you have to go to the bathroom much more quickly and with much less prepared time usually so those two kind of counteracted each other and I'm also going to tell you I'm going to take it one step further is that like um I I rarely suffer from any symptoms of IBS today in my life um I mean that was I think I always had a mild case to begin with but that was changed with uh lifestyle by the way just so you know, just want to just throw that out there. Okay. My point is, is that when I acquired uh, this FMLA through um, my workplace, now I had a reason and a way like to keep my job protected, but to not show up to work. Okay. So you have to hear my heart when I say like, I mean, yes, like I had vacation for a while. Uh, yes, I had like paid time off that I was able to use with this FMLA, but I also burned through that really quickly. Like you get like 180 hours a year or something um, with this company that I was with. So if you could imagine, obviously you burn through your PTO pretty quickly, you burn through any type of accrued time off that's paid. And so then I was just calling in and not getting paid. So, and at the time, like sometimes I found myself getting into trouble with that, but other times, most of the time, it wasn't a big deal because uh, I didn't have a lot of financial expenses. So when my paycheck showed up at half of the amount that it was, it wasn't a big deal. And I literally had worked half the amount of hours as all my peers. Like I got to call in sick to work, quote unquote, and take my kid to the zoo all day. I got to call in sick to work all day um, and, you know, take my kid out to the lake. Like I did that all the time. So like I said, I'm not condoning this. I'm just telling you that this is my journey, my experience to how I was able to really understand that I was, I wasn't getting everything I wanted or needed. I thought that I was because I was brainwashed into thinking that that was money and security, but it was really the time, freedom and flexibility personally that set me free. Just being able to get up and do whatever I wanted. That doesn't, it's not conducive for adulthood. Of course, it doesn't sound responsible. It's not responsible, but what it turned out to be is that it was just like, it was wasn't possible for somebody who worked for somebody else. It wasn't something that I could have it all and have it all at once, right? I couldn't have time, freedom, and flexibility and make all the money that I wanted, at least so I thought, right? The reason this is important is because we're going to speed up this conversation a little bit, you know, because I also want to be clear that this is something that I thought I did want, just so you know, okay? I thought I wanted a corporate job. I thought I wanted this, uh, the security um, of a paycheck. Um, I thought that I was going to work in corporate America. I thought I was going to be fulfilled by that. So I, I don't want you to feel like if corporate America, again, is your thing, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just telling you that there's an influx of people who do not feel like they fit into corporate America and they would definitely like to have some more time, freedom, and flexibility. And there is opportunities for that. And you can also demand that in your current workspace, of course. But again, this is to challenge you to feel it. What is not sitting right with you? Is it your religion? Is there something that you do not agree with or haven't agreed with for a very long time regarding your organization that you worship at? Is this a, a, in regards to a relationship where things just aren't flowing the way that they used to or ever have? You really got to challenge yourself and find out what your thing is. And I have made this abundantly clear. Uh, the universe and I are working on my finances. The universe and I are working on my relationship with um, accepting that I can be financially uh, abundant. That This is my personal thing and that is what I'm always going to, well, I shouldn't say that, I'm just not going to say it that way because I'm not going to put it on the universe. But I know that this is my burden to bear and this is my thing to figure out. I did not receive financial literacy as a child, um, as a young adult. So I've literally been navigating it all on my own to the best of my ability. So 
you need to figure that out for you. Did you have a terrible or um, no influence whatsoever about how to navigate through relationships? So maybe that is your Mount Everest, right? So finances are my Everest. It is the last piece of my puzzle because I have worked my shit out mentally. I have worked my shit out through relationships. I have worked my shit out with my, even with myself. Um, I've worked my shit out with the universe and my God. So I am left with finances. And it's kind of ironic considering out of all of the things, it's the only thing that doesn't really exist. Money is a made-up construct, so it's kind of ironic. That's what I'm struggling with. Everything else sounds not real, but is real, right? Relationships with people, you don't take those with you. Like, there's nothing tangible that comes out of that, right? Your relationship with the universe, there's nothing theoretically tangible about that, but um, it's, it's this tangible thing that I'm struggling with the most. It's weird. But anyway, so here we go, okay? Um, conversation about that, right? I thought that's what I wanted. I thought I wanted um, corporate America. I thought I wanted a recognition of working in a job like that. So here we go. All right. So as I mentioned, um, PR came into my into my mix, pure romance. Um, so any type of opportunity that you might be able to substitute here for working for yourself or having some additional time, freedom, flexibility, that was it for me. So what was it that was your big aha moment? Or have you hit your big aha moment? Would this be that maybe you met somebody um, that you've been have crap relationship after crap relationship and all of a sudden you feel like maybe somebody's going to show you there's a different way. Maybe that you have been in your, um, you know, religion or your spiritual circle and something else seems to have aligned with you for whatever reason. It was an ad you heard on the radio. It was um, a study group that you just happened to attend. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you definitely want to make sure that you're digging deep on this because for myself, right, um, is that... Uh, it's now been six years since I have exclusively worked for myself. It's been six years. And we could go on um, one to 500, I don't even know how long it would take, podcasts about my financial journey between now and then. Uh, the shortest version of that, and I am an open book, I just don't, like I said, don't have the time really to talk about it here. But I will share with you that the long, long story short is that I make less money sitting here today than I did in my corporate job. So being self-employed currently, I make less money and my take-home pay on my taxes is less money than I made in a corporate job. And it sometimes baffles me, to be honest, because I have so much more now than I did when I worked for my corporate job. And part of that is because uh, without having any financial literacy, it didn't take long before I started to getting it. I, I, again, I wasn't in financial trouble per se because I started... I started getting access to um, credit cards was my quote unquote problem. Um, so it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have the money to spend. It was that it wasn't my money to spend. And so I was living outside of my means for the better part of a decade without even really understanding it or knowing it. And that was obviously going to catch up to me at some point. Um, and it, it took longer than it should have because I was basically just like, stressing myself out without even knowing about it subconsciously as well as consciously because I was living off of these and in, this invisible line of credit from a credit card company or more than one for sure. My point is, okay, uh, that I have more today. I have more today. The house that I live in is like double the size. Uh, we have two vehicles, um, you know, between my husband and myself. Um, and I'm going to say physically, it's like physically I have more than I've ever had before, but that's like a technicality. And the reason I say that is because uh, thing, things of tangible nature mean less to me than they used to. So I don't go shopping the way that I used to, like when I was bored and wanted to call in sick to work and my best friend and I would literally take the day and go to Torrid and Lane Bryant and Gordman's and just shop our hearts out. I used to do that. I, I used to go shopping for eight hours a day. So I don't do that anymore. So number one, my money isn't going to that. Number two, I don't have as much stuff in my house when it comes to tangible items because 
that's what I mean when I say I have more. Emotionally, I've been able to connect with things. I've been able to connect with people um, on a different level. So I have more than I've ever had before, even though I'm making less money. And that's really important because one of the ideas that I came to understand was that Yes, money provides, right? Obviously, we need it. We play this game. Even if it is made up, it's still a contract that everybody is subscribing to, especially in the US. We have to exchange money for services. We have to exchange money for goods. And so you can't necessarily get away from it. But understanding that aspect, that was really big for me because you know, when you look at like thinking I need to make more money, I should make more money, I need to make more money. Like when I transitioned from the corporate America world to being self-employed entirely, I was playing the game. I was playing the game of working 40 plus hours a week. I was playing the recruiting game. Um, I was, you know, playing everything I could in the corporate world of pure romance to hit the bonuses and hit the incentives and get the trips and so on and so forth. So not only did that equate to more money in my pocket, but it also equated to more time and success be through those avenues, I guess I would say, because it wasn't directly, you know, money I was receiving. It was bonuses and product and trophies and so on and so forth and, and that mattered that counts that counts in terms of you know i guess in my world at that time for success in um not even in wealth but i guess that was prestige i don't know here's my point here's my point is that like up until last year last year so like two years ago was when i announced that i was gonna step back from recruiting in the direct sales world um and really focus on the coaching and then in 2020 when things really hit the fan and I had to learn how to pivot my business. I moved into adding another business to my plate and I was really excited about it. It was like a good time uh, for me. It was really what I was into in the moment, but I can see in retrospect that that was again about production. Like I had this idea that the only way I was going to be able to survive a pandemic because I was in, in doing in-home parties for a living and not ready to fully live off of the coaching. I just wasn't there. I was like one year into coaching. So out of a subconscious mode of panic, because I, I did not know that surface level that I was panicking. And I panic's a hard word because I think panic comes out of desperation and it usually probably doesn't work in your favor. And what I did, did work in my favor. It supplemented the income that I did lose from doing in-home parties. It did keep my family afloat. It did allow for me to learn how to uh, work more electronically than I was ever before to make that more successful to work from home. So all of those things are important because I was in hustle mode. I was in boss babe culture. And um, I still watch a lot of people today who do that because it, it I mean, it's motivating for business. It's motivating for entrepreneurship It's motivating for independence. But it's also a motivating factor to remind me what I don't want because it was a best friend of mine who decided to take a step back from like collaborating with me in 2020 because she said to me quite literally, you work too much. And that hurt my feelings initially because we had been working side by side. So I, I don't, I mean, it's a long story about how I ended up digesting that. My husband really had to help me work through that. But after time uh, passed and I was no longer butthurt about that statement, it really actually did me favors because I was able to look at my life and, you know, I have talked about this on my Facebook stories that I realized at the time now I was doing like 40 calls a week in coaching. Uh, it, it was good. Again, it was experience and it helped me launch my stuff off the ground. But there's no effing way I want to do 40, uh, 40 phone calls a week now. Not that I don't want to talk to 40 people, but what was going out the door? my time with my family, right? Because if I'm going to be doing this thing that I'm passionate about and it's my thing, so I don't have the backing of corporate America to pay for a 401k uh, plan or health insurance or stuff like that. That's, that's all me. That's, that's the only way I'm going to get everything I want to have everything I want all the time 
means I'm going to have to expend myself farther than I really want to go. I'm going to have to share my energy uh, to lengths that I'd never imagined to be able to cover all those bases that were being covered for me previously. And I hope that, that makes sense because um, that's what I thought. I thought I was going to need and want all of that uh, praise and recognition and clout and money to feel successful. I really thought I was going to. And I didn't think that I was even going to be able to market myself as a success especially in coaching if I was driving a car that's almost 10 years old with 150,000 miles on it who's going to think that I'm successful if I am not driving something brand new you know like that kind of philosophy was something that I really had to sort through because at the end of the day I could have it all but what was it going to take for me to be able to rake in that kind of money especially in a brand new business and two brand new businesses last year right so the reason that's important is because I, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm going to tell you that a statement that really changed my life was understanding the philosophy of wanting and needing to travel constantly, wanting and needing to shop all the time, wanting and needing to have uh, the newest, brightest, biggest of everything, cars, phones, clothes, anything, you name it, anything is really escapism. Man, that pounded me in the chest when I heard it. Because, you know, I think at first I was like, for a split second, I was offended. I was like, nah, brah, nah, 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 nah. There is nothing wrong with wanting to have experiences. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have nice things. And those are all true. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But at the end of the day, it's going to boil down to comfort. And do you think that you can be comfortable sitting on a couch from Nebraska Furniture Mart as much as you can from a high-rise apartment in New York City? Do you think that your, um, you know, fuzzy, woolly blanket from somewhere local is going to be just as comfortable as a $180 throw from Lululemon. I don't know. I'm making some shit up. But you you and I both know that's true. When we, when we look at two identical blankets from two different companies, it comes down to the label and an Instagram post in that regard. Can you still be just as comfortable, uh, you know, with a more affordable blanket? Yes, I think you probably can. I think you know that too. So what is it that you're willing to give up so you can have it all is really the question you're going to have to ask yourself because escapism is that, you know, and this was a really hard pill for me to digest and I'm going to try to anchor this in for you hopefully a little bit because when my husband and I first got together and we started, you know, doing all the comparisons and the questions about like getting to know each other, he had shared with me that he really had zero desire to travel anywhere outside the United States. And to this day, he really hasn't been clear about what that is, but I just don't think it's important to him and that's why he can't really figure it out or answer me to a, to a greater depth which is um, not his responsibility to have to explain it to me because I'm the one who was flabbergasted by that. I'm the one who was like, how can you not want to travel? How can you know about all the wonderful, beautiful things that are out there and not have a desire to run to see them as soon as you can? You know, and having him say that to me and then having the seed planted that having all of the things, money, travel, clout, all of that stuff, having all of that is escapism. It made sense when I started digging at it because let, let me just take for example like you know like when I'm like oh my gosh you have to go see this thing because it's 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 going to complete your life in some way shape or form whether it's a bucket list or check it off the list or traveling with your friends or whatever okay so I mean like I'm just going to try to equate this like just as an example can you go somewhere and see just imagine one of the most beautiful backdrops on a screensaver you've ever seen like it's a it's a beautiful mountain scene and there's a pond in front of the mountain and the hot the the sun is rising right over it it's just like the perfect time of day that it's just is like the most serene scenic view you've ever seen and you're like god I want to go to that place I want to I want to see that place what magical beautiful 
foreign place would I need to travel to to see that? And then like you look down the corner of your screensaver and it's like Google Images, Colorado. And you're like, what? Right? So that particular example obviously makes a lot of sense for me. It makes a lot of sense for me because I want to be in Colorado. But then, but right? How many places in the world can you go and have a scenic mountain view? A lot. Colorado is not the only place in the world that has gorgeous, beautiful mountains. It's not even the only place in the United States, right? So theoretically, what is it that we're searching for when we desire to see the Eiffel Tower? What is it when we desire to see the Great Wall in China, right? It's an, an acceptance of some other people, some other people, other people have been there before. Other people have made a big deal about this. So I would, I would definitely attest to the fact that like there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make it less special uh, or less of an, um, a really cool energy experiencer. If you were to go to the place where hundreds of thousands of millions of people have visited all over the world as well, but will it make it any less special if you just so happen to be on a peak in Colorado Springs, Colorado that other people have also been to, but it's just maybe not as worldly famous. Yeah, more than likely, right? So escapism is, um, it's a delicate word for me, but it is something that I continue to really delve into because is it truly a journey that you're wanting to go on to, to form an experience, learn about yourself, maybe the culture, whatever, whatever, or is it because you just feel like if you were to put a down payment on this seven day, seven night trip to Disneyland, that your family's going to love you, that you will be able to post on Instagram and feel like you were culturally accepted by your peers. You know, like there's nothing wrong with going to Disneyland, but you have to ask yourself, what are your motives for it? You're going to have to ask yourself, like, what at the end of the day, how are you going to feel about it? Are you going to... Now, I'm just going to leave it at that, okay? I think that's a really important question to talk about with the escapism. So the whole point of the podcast that I really wanted to work through today was that, you know, today I stress more about money than I have ever stressed before. And it's not because um, I don't think I can make the money. It's not that I don't think that I'm capable to make the money. That used to be a problem of mine. I used to not have any confidence in myself to be able to run a business or uh, replicate my business or replicate my success or whatever. It used to be a confidence issue. It's no longer a confidence issue. I know I can do it. I've been doing it for a while sometimes I have hard days and sometimes I feel like holy crap what am I doing I'm really effing this up but I know in the end that if I've been doing this for 10 years I can survive it I can figure it out and if I had to transition it through a pandemic there's really nothing I don't think that my business can't readjust or re-evaluate um, and you know pull the trigger and relaunch so I'm excited about that um, that aspect of it you know when it comes to finances though it's it's a personal thing part of it is the financial literacy that like I've mentioned repeatedly I had to teach myself and I had to find a program that worked for me and I had to really buckle down and commit to it it's the commitment of also understanding that I didn't get it right for the first like 26 27 years of my life and that's a long time that's a long time to be doing things on your own especially when you come you, I mean you're literally a child figuring it out Right. And there's no way that you're not going to have repercussions per se from 27 years of not doing it right. So being very kind and gracious to myself and checking with my financial advisor often about how far I've come and where I'm going really is something that helps me to understand that I'm not doing nearly as bad as I think I am because of where I came from. OK, so I, I yeah, I stress about finances all the time and I and I need to, I need to reel that in for a second because it, it really did used to be all the time it used to be something that kept me up at night it used to be something that I would question and try to formulate and figure out how to bill pay at 2 a.m and I don't do that anymore thank god because I can't do anything about 2 a.m I've been telling myself that that's a really good way it's like if anything keeps you up at night make sure to tell yourself is this something I can take care of at two or three in the morning then I have to stop thinking about it 
I gotta stop thinking about it and I'll try tomorrow. And what's beautiful is that you almost never think about it the next day. Okay. Uh, so do that for yourself, right? Make sure that you're giving yourself grace and taking a break and uh, ruminating because it's just a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, however, I digress. So yes, things are not as widely expansive when it comes to access of money for uh, our household right now. We have other things that we are repairing and taking care of and at the tail end of you know, child support and um, I almost said maternity. I don't know where that came from. Alimony. Those are not the same, but you know what I'm saying. So that particular thing is, is, it's almost relieving because those are not things that I can really change or have control over. So I have accepted them. And that has been what has been most mentally freeing is the acceptance of this journey that it's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I am not in the rat re wheel that I used to be in when it came to debt and uh, putting things on credit and trying to play musical money to survive. Uh, and so that's why I can't have it all all the time. Right now, I can't have a million dollars in the bank. Right now, I can't have every dream vacation that I really wish I could take this year. I can't have um, brand new clothes. Um, not that I want them, but those are the things that I, I choose to quote unquote sacrifice to be responsible and take care of the things I need to from my financial past so that in two, three, five years from now, things will be wildly different. And I can't say that even when things are wildly different, that I'll be spending that money on, you know, uh, all-inclusive trips and red-bottom shoes and so on and so forth. I might when I have more money to spend. But right now, I take that money and I spend it on um, little little experiences that mean the most to me, like taking my kids to getting ice cream today. But knowing that, okay, that's not an Escalade, but I just spent a really great half hour with my kiddos having ice cream. And um, that means the most to me because that's that present moment. That's that present moment right now. And that's just one example, of course. But my point is is I feel like the the stress that I maybe uh, okay so I guess I have to go back to what I was saying because what I was saying was that I used to stress about money every single day and now through personal development through uh, beliefs about wealth from understanding the invisible concept about money so much better and taking the pressure off on of myself around that you know things are a little bit different today I will take that I will take processing I will take self-education I will take uh, the light at the end of the tunnel in the next couple of years for things to massively change for time freedom. I will take all of that for time flexibility. I will take all of that for a go, 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 go weekend, but for four days that I get to spend with, uh, four or five days during the week that I get to spend with Olivia, to being able to drop my kid off and pick him up every day from school, to be able to take a four-day vacation in the middle of the week, um, you know, these are things that are important to me. These are the ways that I've decided to cultivate my life and it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't flow for everybody, but it definitely works for me. And I guess the portion of that is like, I just had to ask myself, like, what was, what was it that I was wanting to stress out more about, you know, being in a corporate job that I was mindless, that I thrived on the drama from the bullshit relationships that I was out chasing and the lack of self-love that I had for myself because I was feeding on fast food constantly and drinking so much beer and you know falling into the depths of buying clothes because I didn't love myself so I wanted to make sure that I outwardly projected as much as I could between makeup and nails and hair and clothing. Uh, do I take all of that, like the empty numbness that I wasn't even aware to how I was feeling because I was just on autopilot? Do I take all of that for the security of a paycheck? Or do I stress a little bit about having to, um, you know, provide my own health care for my family as well as my, um, well, like for myself, would be what I started with, myself as well as my family, uh, that I have to figure out how I'm going to provide for myself for retirement and I'm going to have to, all of that stuff. All of that stuff is so much more worth it to me 
to work when I want to work, to be able to call in on a sick day uh, when it's really just because it's super cold and I want to stay in bed and drink some hot cocoa, right? I'm going to take that one step further, by the way, because under that notion, you know, I think that there's a lot of people, um, you know, not in my inner circle and not any people that are part of my audience. But when we have this conversation about like the tides changing and people really wanting to do more for themselves, work when they want to work, um, do something that really fulfills them. Right. There's kind of there is an argument out there that people just think that. You know, without working the jobs that are supposed to be worked, nothing will get done or people won't do what they're supposed to. And I'm here to tell you that that is, that is something I learned through my own experience. It's not accurate. It's not accurate in my opinion. You know, when I felt obligated to go to a day job, I, I luffed around. What did I tell you I did? I like, I found ways to make the rules bend to my favor, right? Because I didn't want to be where I was. I didn't really know that, but I tried to make the, the experience as most, as most as it could be to, to my own by living above the rules and now that I do what I want all the time in terms of my job in terms of my um, passion I don't have to sacrifice I don't have to do things with less integrity because they would then make me happier you know like that sounds really shitty to say but I definitely operate from a better place when I'm doing things the way I want to do things and what I was going to say was that, you know, this idea that people would be lazy or people wouldn't do anything, you know, that might happen for a little bit because people need the time to detox for crying out loud. Most of us are overworked and underpaid. So yeah, maybe, maybe there'll be um, two to three weeks, maybe even a month of people laying around doing nothing, but we all deserve to like recoup a little bit. But I am telling you that if you are living from your passion, you can't, you won't choose to sit around and be bored. Not as an adult. Okay. Like not as an adult, like don't like, you're like, oh, well, you might be thinking about all these people that sit around and like watch network Netflix for like three weeks at a time and binge all weekend. Correct. Because they may be doing jobs that do not fulfill them. They are not passion. Um, they're not being paid properly, whatever. So you are doing this other person's, well, you're doing your job, but you're filling this other person's dreams 40 plus hours a week. So you don't have the time or energy to commit to something that you really want to commit to, whether that's going to the gym or giving back to your community or going to church or even traveling. So you do pass the time with something that's mind numbingly easy. That is what we do. But at the end of the day, if people are driven by their purpose, if people are fulfilled by their passion, by week three, by week four of not doing anything, you're going to be bored out your mind. Even social media will not be something that can fill that void when you have done some personal development and spiritual growth. You will want to be around other people. You will want to be making change. You will want to be driving action. You will want to be fulfilling others. You will want to be passing on tools that you have learned as well. And imagine that world. If we weren't all working on an assembly line to build a car for somebody that we didn't really care about because it was just a means to an end to, you know, pay for our bills. Maybe you do care about cars. Maybe you really do like, uh, you know, assembling. Great. Then you know where you should be working. But for those of you that don't, it is okay for you to reevaluate. Okay. And I understand that not all of us are in the position to be able to do what I did. Right. I did mine backwards. Right. I was not financially prepared. I should have probably been in a little bit better place to walk away from a corporate job. But my husband was the one that really helped me understand that the type of the type of motivation I needed was to jump without a parachute, because if I did wait, I was never going to leave. Like if I had to wait till I had a certain amount of money saved up, if I had to wait until the recession felt like the, I would have never done it. So um, I don't recommend, you know, being motivated the way that I am, but pulling the blanket out from underneath me was what I needed to just say, okay, I got to get this done. So, you know, all of this conversation basically to say that at the end of the day, I can't believe that I choose making less money in this current season of life where I am right now. I can't believe I choose making less money um, 
over anything, to be honest, over anything. But I, I am quite literally the happiest I've ever been. I quite literally am. I'm happiest with my job. I'm happiest with my family. I'm happiest with my partnership. I'm happiest uh, with the friendships that put the effort into the friendships back with me. Um, I'm happiest in my workflow, which is different than what I do for a living. Uh, I'm happiest I'm happiest that I've ever been with myself and my growth and the intention that I put into my life. I'm happiest with uh, my relationships with the parents that I have and uh, my mother-in-law. I'm happiest with the way my body looks. Uh, well, I mean, that, that may be just like a slight exaggeration because I put on 20 pounds in COVID, but I'm still happier than I've ever been with myself. And I'm, I'm definitely proud and strong and braver than I've ever been. That wouldn't have come. That wouldn't have come uh, from the security of a job that I was working somebody else's dream. It just wouldn't have for me. I can't, I'm not saying that I think that that is exactly what's going to happen to you, but I definitely would challenge for you to find where you're gonna be happiest, friends. So, can't believe it. Less money, I'll take less money, but it, at the end of the day proves that I'm happier this way. Crazy, crazy. But check in with me two, three, five years from now and see if I'm still making less money. You know, um, I, I, I welcome the money. I don't think that you have to be a good person and make no money or less money than the average person. I think that that's important to understand because there's the, the, the way we make money is shifting, by the way, like you can compound money through stocks and bonds and um, eBooks and selling your services online. So it's not to say that you will always have uh, to make money as a means to an end for the rest of your life. It's not to say that things are shifting and changing, but I am telling you that it's just crazy cool how happy you can really be uh, in ways that you probably didn't anticipate. And I don't just mean about the money. I mean in relationships and spirituality and purpose and so on and so forth. So make sure that you take stock, sit down and ask yourself the right questions, pray and meditate on it if you need to. May remember that praying is asking God and meditating is listening to God. So you'll get the answers that you need in some way, shape or form. And if you feel like you need a little bit of guidance or just some special space for somebody to be able to hold this for you, if you don't really have the social circle yet, you feel a little woohooey, uh, whatever, then you know what you need to do. You can reach out to me and I can be that system for you. I got two years, one mouth for a reason and I am all about this stuff, right? I wanna see you grow, I wanna see you um, climb the ladder of success in, in any walk of life that that means to you for sure. And I really just want to be your, your your cheerleader along the way, okay? I just want to do it with you. I just want to I just want to be here for you. So uh, I really hope that you got something from the podcast today, even if it was just to kind of sit down and be thankful for what you have. If you do feel like you're in the best place you've ever been, that's great too, right? I I don't miss an opportunity to say thank you, universe. If it's that I drop my mask on the street and then I see that I found, oh my gosh, thank you, universe, right? If I am finding um a nickel out on the uh, on the playground. Thank you, universe, right? Take every opportunity to be grateful and find abundance. And my gosh, it just is, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a beautiful place. All right, like I'm, my mouth just wants to stop talking. Is that weird? Like I just, I, I don't know, I'm like just, okay, now time to wrap up the podcast, Rachel. So I do hope you got some value from this. I do hope you reach out to me if you feel like there's anything else I can do for you in additional. Um, and just keep doing what you're doing, you know? We are switching into season. So normally as I wrap up my podcast, I would say stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands, of course. But colder season, make sure that you are doing what you need to. So moving your body a little bit more, whether you have to get fake vitamin D or get a sun lamp light or whatever, make sure you're going back to talk therapy if you need to. Make sure that you are um, praying a little extra more if you need to. Get your, your crystals and any of that jazz out. Whatever you need to do just to kind of super buff your immunity system uh, into 
as we head into the dark night of the season, okay? It is like 619 and it's almost dark here. So I can't even imagine what's going to be like the next couple of weeks. So that's all I got for you. Just do the extra stuff you need to for self-care this, this season for sure. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of A Good Girl's Guide and Pure Romance by Rachel Vote. I really very much appreciate you. I know that you do, but I like to say it out loud as, as usual. I'm going to thank the universe for that. Uh, so uh, that's all I got for you this week. Stay tuned for next week. If you haven't been tuning into my Facebook lives on Mondays, I'm doing a really great series about transcending the levels of consciousness as we're tackling a new emotion each week about how to understand it, process it, and move through it, and use it as a tool. And then in the VIP lounge each Monday right now, we're in the middle of a real sex series where I had to literally change the word sex on Facebook because it flagged my content last night. Uh, but it's a really great series about the, a book by the same title that I read. It's really helping for us to undo a lot of things that we thought about with sex in our bodies and uh, helping to process so we can really have truly the best sex of our lives. So make sure you're tuning into those things for sure because they are free 99, all right? Okay, now for real, I'm gonna go. Okay, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you guys. Uh, again, have a great night. Stay happy, stay healthy, wash your hands and stay safe. I love you very much. Have a good night. Bye-bye.